I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before just sliding right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a BT. What on earth? I don't have an option. Welcome to Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is Wednesday, October 16th, and we are in the international break, folks. Pitbull has spread his wings and flown across the footballing world and given us another week of international football. Uh, lots going on, but as far as the Premier League, we are taking a little bit of a hibernation and checking back in with the three remaining fans of maybe Prem de la Prem in general, but three remaining fans of our top six teams, that being Kate from Manchester City, Marcus from Arsenal, and Colin from Manchester United. You may remember them from the summer roundtable over the summer. Uh, we check in with them about the biggest areas concerning their clubs. Um, and then, as always, we end it with the Defend Your House segment, which got uh, pretty contentious as far great. as it goes. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I think we know how to stir the pot, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Well... I mean, no need for us to jabber on because everyone knows we love doing that. Why don't we send it right into our first interview with Kate, our Manchester City fan. All right. We now welcome back onto the cast our dear friend who is a rabid supporter of Manchester City. We have Kate on the cast. How are you doing, Kate? I am good. How are you guys? Doing great. I'll doing well. Girls. Yeah. Yeah, please. Patrick thinks we're both doing well. <laughs> He's lucky we I are. I love speaking on behalf of someone else. I, I do it often, and it's it's quite fun. Yeah, he speaks out of turn an awful lot. There's a lot of post-match press conferences held between Patrick and myself. Well, but that this is, is already unraveling. That is besides in. the point. <laughs> Let's bring it to Kate. Safe space. Let's bring it to Man space. City. And obviously we are, what is it, eight games in? You know. Eight, games, Eight in. games into the young season, and I think at the outset over the summer when we did our first roundtable with you, it was hard. We knew it was hard to talk about Liverpool and City because there were very few contentious things that we had to discuss. And what we've seen into uh, eight weeks of the season is that City is starting to reveal a few cracks and things worth discussing. And I think the one that comes to mind first and foremost, and let me know if you don't think this is the biggest issue facing City, but obviously with Vincent Company leaving and Laporte getting injured, your back line mm -hmm. is a Band-Aid solution. Band-Aid solution at best. And I'm wondering if you feel like there could have been better planning for this and then what you would recommend doing to solve the problem because Liverpool has gotten off to a historic start um, and it it's at a point where you can't afford to drop any more points. I know. I mean, definitely our defense it's very obvious and I think that as much as the team wants to like not show that type of weakness I think we all they all know like this is not our back line and every game is going to be a battle because we're just going to get exploited right. which has happened and I mean it doesn't help that <laughs> Fernandinho you know playing out of position Mendy's injured oh Mendy Mendy's injured playing Stop the press. Oh, my God. Right? I'm like, get rid of that. Um, like, Gundogan has to play a little bit out of position because Kevin's injured now. 
Sterling's playing out of position. Kasane's injured. Like right. we just have reshapen ourselves a little bit. Um, Kevin's injured too. I think I said that. But yeah. And there's just been a lot of quick adjustments that we have to make, and it's it's taking a little bit of time, I think, to get mm-hmm. there. Unfortunately, we are going head to head with a team that is very lucky at the moment um, with a couple of their with a couple of their breaks Um, so while we have you know dropped the points that I think that probably would have happened yeah in this type of band-aid solution um, you know unfortunately right now we're looking at a little bit of a of some space between us but yeah I'm trying to stay optimistic I think yeah that's good I have to stay optimistic I I think Ederson's been playing really really well I think last year he didn't get as many Thankfully, he didn't need to make as many big saves, but he's been coming up huge. So um, it's good to make good to know that like the confidence in his back back right. is, is there. And I think it's I was just gonna say it's it's well agreed upon that you need a bit of luck to to have a title run, you know, and things need to go your way. And pretty clearly, uh, obviously, City with injuries hasn't been that lucky, and Liverpool have gotten a couple lucky breaks to win games with Leicester and Sheffield before that. So. Uh, Maybe that's the the tale of this season, in which case it's you know bad luck for you guys. Or you can also kind of take solace in the fact that it's still early days, and that luck might shift later down the line. Right. I mean, it's definitely early days. I have a sad group text right now, but <laughs> trying to keep yeah. it optimistic. I'm like, guys, there are 30 more games left. Like the season has barely gotten started. We've barely gotten into the grueling Champions League and other tournament schedules. Um, December, January, like that. I think those are going to be the pinnacle months yeah, far to really our... see how it shakes losing, out. Yeah. Losing before an international break is just torture for a fan because you just go <sighs> and you, you just you, you, your mind races. You wonder all the, all the problems, what if, and you don't have the not to insert my own point the of the corrective view. game very quickly. <laughs> but I I'm so happy the international break showed up when it did. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Me too. <laughs> like, I'm let's sure. take a beat. <laughs> Guys, guys, let's all just take a beat. I know. I was mentioning earlier before we started recording, but like I was out of town for the Watford massacre. That's what I'm calling it. (laughs) Then we had a great game against Everton that I got to watch in Brussels. Wearing my Kevin jersey, getting everyone around me to cheer for Kevin. Yeah, love it. Really fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then a great Champions League game against the Croatian champions, and I just was like. Awesome. We're going to take that into our next game against um, who the heck? Wolves, I don't remember who we played. Yeah. Wolves. Well, to bring in something you said offline, which I don't know if is against reporter ethics, but uh, you, said, time, so. you said you celebrated <laughs> like an American in Brussels, I and I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, the beer tastes better than water. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't confirm. Can't um, confirm. Well, yeah, I, I think it's. Um, it's nice that you have a little bit of a measured approach. Kind of makes me wish we caught you the day after the Wolves game, just to c- get Oof. you coming in a little hot. But um, the, yeah, the I, I was expecting it, you to be a little bit more concerned about that that eight point gap. It's eight games in, eight point gap. James mentioned those two games, which were an effective four point swing. Obviously, I think that it's, they're they're still in it. How how dire are the upcoming fixtures for City? What what are your what is the margin for error now that you've seemingly given up some of that margin? Right. I mean, unfortunately, I 
every game does count, yeah. especially with Arsenal mm. one point behind. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Leicester right oh, yeah. there, too. Arsenal on um, the heels. I know. Yeah, if you had said so eight games in, you'd we be can't, closer to Arsenal than, than Liverpool, you would have laughed in my right. face. It's like we can't only look forward. Right now, we also have to look who's well, behind us. Here's and We do a little yeah. segment here called Mr. Brightside where we try to spin things and make it positive. And I'm looking at the city schedule. As far as the Premier League goes, Crystal Palace away, Ugh. Villa at home. Yeah, anything can happen. And then Southampton at home. Three games that could be either disastrous, I'd say, is unlucky. But yeah. in, in a rational world, rational thinking world, those are three games to get back on track before yep. the big one. Yep. At Anfield. At Anfield, November 10th. So, uh, right, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it paves the way to get a little bit of normalcy back, but with the makeshift team that you've had to put together, it, it's hard to it's hard to predict any of those games with certainty as you would have a city team in the past. I know. Unfortunately, like, to me, I want and need our offense to kind of do some more heavy lifting right now. It's taking us You need the a offense to do more. Time. Yeah. yeah, to compensate. I need them to, yeah. like, get that first – I need it's them, you approach. know, get that confidence right off the bat with a couple quick goals whenever we start lobbing them over from the side i'm like uh oh <laughs> like this is this is where our game plan starts to unravel a little bit when there's just no options and we're just lobbing them up and we're so short i think we're the shortest team certainly um, up front i'd say yeah so i think we're just missing a little bit of that creativity that gets the ball like on the ground across the six for like a Sergio Aguero tap in, which I know aren't the most exciting goals, but once we kind of get that engine revving, the other teams, like, we just come at them, Mm -hmm. and we need that confidence in the upfront in order to let our defense know, like, we can have a slip up here, Otamendi can do a whack slide, or Fernandinho can chase another player, leaving someone wide open. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives us those opportunities for what I call the the goofball moments. (laughs) Oh. Um, but if we're up like two, two o three o, then like we can afford those. But unfortunately, those mistakes are right. those are the first goals out of the gate, yeah. and yeah. then the pressure is on. And I wanna teams are just crunching us a little bit. I right. wanna sorry, go ahead. Pat. I was just gonna say that's where you need a Hugo Lloris who makes his blunders in games <laughs> that are already well in hand. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I think they've gone <laughs> on to win elbow. every game. Oh yeah, that game. Yeah, I'm not having to go at the elbow. I'm talking about the the Cruyff the turns oh. in the six, but. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, mean, in any case. Few uh, and far between. Well, Kate, I do want to press you, uh, taking it off the field to the technical area a little bit, I want to press you about Pep, yeah. the man himself. Uh, yep. Give us a sense of where, to a fan who's as close to the team as you are, where his head might mm-hmm. be in these days and how he's feeling about everything. Because I think there were a little questions over whether this – I know he's contracted to next season, I believe, but like mm-hmm. – is he going to make it to next season? Is there a sense of this season kind of getting worse before it gets better? Let, uh, let us know what you think Pep's thinking. Yeah. I would hope that Pep sees, we'll see this season through, but I hope that he sees his contract through. I've been always a big fan of in Pep we trust, and when he puts a lineup out, I have to assume that that's where the mastermind kind of goes. And, hope like, again, they also need to prove that they're worthy of being the 11 on the field mm-hmm. because, uh, well, our bench is a little soft right now, but still, yeah. I like to think that that mentality is still very important. I mean, he's barely giving Phil Foden minutes, but then saying he's a $500 million player. Oh, we'll get so. on to that. <laughs> uh, I also just first want to point out, 
you've said something. So there's a little crazy in him. Yeah, he's got a little crazy. You've you've said something that um, I haven't recognized in a while, which is not questioning your manager's lineup. And it's been a long time since 2013, to be exact, that I've had that approach. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you have the the runs that City have had. I think it's it builds that trust and builds that faith. And now we're seeing him really have to flex those managerial skills. I think in years past, right. you're saying, oh, is it Bernardo Silva or Leroy Sané? Okay, what am I going to yeah. do? You know, yeah. whichever way he goes, you're like, all right, still a world-class yeah. player. So it's now he's got to be a little bit more creative. And, I mean, to be – I obviously think Pep is an absolutely incredible manager, one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. But he's always had a full set of tools. I think that this mm-hmm. is a really interesting challenge yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it at a time where he has to step up to the challenge, with uh, with what Liverpool are doing. So I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he's able to do and, and kind of see this. I'd, I'd call it difficult time through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I actually have a hot take where I think that we actually have the wrong captain on the field. Um, Who's the captain? I, David Silva, and I don't know if he's able to translate Pep's message onto the field mm. to really get yeah. the team under his belt and, you know, moving in the way that it needs to do, like a Vincent company was doing and did fantastically. Right. For me, it always was Kevin needed to be our captain I like to kind of I set, the, like set the future. And like, he's got years on his contract. He's not Fernandinho, who I also think could have been a great captain this year. But I think the players got a little into their heart. You know, they had a lot of hardware to look at when they made that decision. And I don't know if it was the the best one for us, for that on the field leadership. Yeah, there's no doubt they're both club men. I'm referring to company and then Silva as the transition, but there's such a clear difference in on-field presence and being able to communicate the message between the two. Yeah. yeah, and I think it also isn't Silva uh, already announced on his way out after the season? Obviously on yeah. on good terms and all that, but I guess what message does it say to the team mm-hmm. right. if you're going to put out a guy who's he's literally one foot out the door? And I don't think that that's an right. indictment towards the effort and the uh, that he's putting on the pitch and his commitment to City this year. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I think that you're right. I mean, I I think De Bruyne is the best player in the league, and he, young. A lot of years on his contract. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were saying Ashley Young. Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Grouping them in the same conversation. No, no, that was that was 20 years ago in a different universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's a good point. I, I didn't I didn't think about that as yeah. a potential kind of weak point. So that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's where I think a pep to to player on the field. There's a little bit of a miss mm-hmm. there. Um, if you were to put a percentage chance, uh, is company injured right now? <laughs> he was injured when I was in Brussels. He was, so yes. yeah. But uh, I know he. Which, I know he's player manager. You can't but if you could, yeah, bring him. It's, bring him back in in January. A little loan. Little loan opportunity. Might, I heard the city group might be buying that team. So wow, it seems it very, no collusion. Job. Seems very like them. <laughs> no collusion. Um, that is uh, the pictures I saw in Brussels. So who knows? Yeah, it's like um, when NYCFC signed Frank Lampard, and they're like, nope. He's a city player this year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My gosh. oh boy. That's so funny. We got to go back to the record on that one. But you did bring it up earlier. I did want to get your take on Phil Foden because, yeah. funnily enough, you know, you look at the England team and the lack of creativity they have in midfield. Foden's been touted to be this phenomenal player by Pep himself. Um, yeah. And he obviously, it's well documented that they haven't 
he hasn't had the looks that a player would want at a, at a club of that level. And is he... I don't know what you've seen from him, but is he even in the discussion of getting more minutes? Or what's Pep's game when he's saying he's the last person on the team I would sell or he would go for $500 million or, or something I like know. that? It's, so, it's very strange. I would love to see Phil out there a little bit more. I think he... I mean, he comes off the bench and scores in huge games. I think I remember last year's, well, he started in the Tottenham game, but he put up that goal, like, really quickly. And then this year, already in Champions League, he came right off the bench and kind of solidified that win for us, mm-hmm. um, which is the type of energy and excitement that I want to see. Like, someone's just out there hungry for goals and kind of putting them in all sorts of ways. I just think that right now we are forwards. Like Mares has been playing fantastic up on the right. I think when Kevin's in, like Mares and Kevin linking up are almost unstoppable. Um, Kuhn, I think, just has that muscle and that like can't miss mentality. Right. And then I think Sterling might be the only kind of weaker area right now because wow. he's having to play off on the left a little bit more uh, than the right. Mm. So I think like on our right-hand side where Phil typically plays, we're kind of it's kind of busy there right now. And I can see how old is he? Nineteen? Is he twenty yet? He's still definitely so he's like, young, but that's just been the story of his. So young. That's been the story of his career, like right. good and promising. But you're not gonna take out. Yeah, so, but I like I wouldn't be if I saw Foden in the lineup over a Kuhn, a Sterling, or a Mares. I wouldn't quest like I'd be excited. Wow. I'd be super excited, and I even see him as like a. Midtime or sorry, midtime, geez, halftime sub, um, kind of coming in and giving it anyone. Like if Kuhn gets a knack or something and feels like something might be funky, like take him out, put Phil in. Yeah. I would hope that he doesn't just become like a we're up 3 or or 4 It's like all right, throw him on. Yeah. Um, I think it's almost the catch twenty two with City and their ambitions because mm-hmm. you know a team, those other teams and the, the you know we Chelsea's obviously having a great run with their youth. Arsenal's throwing some guys out there. United have done well with some people that are more in the first team now, not you know the people coming up. It's pretty much just Greenwood and uh, Tuan Zabi that would make a move in. But those teams, you look at their first team and you say, yeah, why not? Why not give the kid a run out? With City, the stakes are so high, it's just yeah. it's challenging. But if you are missing that energy and you're missing somebody who's really out there playing for the badge and is looking to get after it, that can be infectious. So, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I think And I think his winner mentality... Now. I think the winner mentality comes through when Phil's on the pitch, too. Right. Um, his celebrations, I think, are adorable. <laughs> with him grabbing the crest and pointing at it. Adorable. I, 19. <laughs> he does have that little baby ba- face. Yeah. Baby photo. I know, we call him baby photo. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> well, He's fine. Let me get let me get your take on... What, what do you think Pep's doing with these comments? Because my take um, earlier was... I, I, I don't feel like there's an intersection between Pep at City and Foden coming to the fore. Because Pep's got right. to the end of the season and next season max. And I don't think the club mentality is going to change where Foden suddenly comes into the team and gets all these minutes. So why is he saying these things? I don't know. I, is he just, <laughs> maybe he's just trying to take the news to look at something else? Or I th- It could be motivation for off-the-field work that Phil needs to do. Just keep him, I don't keep know. him G'd up. Could be a shout for the yeah. Euro as well. Yeah, it could be like, look, you get to train with the top tier first team. You know, a lot of like a lot of the, like Sterling's on the England team. 
Um, Stones is on the England team, Walker. It's like you get to train with a lot of these yeah. veterans of both your England and True. City team. Yeah. Um, so it could be used as some motivation. I think Pep does say stuff to that can be twisted one way or another. And most of the time, I hope it's clear to the person that they're talking to what that means. Right, um, yeah, right. But I don't know. It's just rarer. I really don't yeah. know. I think it's weird that like Foden wasn't called up to the England team, but Tammy was, right? Uh, yeah. He was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's something yeah. um, Southgate's been pretty consistent on, that if someone's not getting right. you know first team minutes in the club, why would he... Why would he do that? He made that point right. painfully clear with Jack Wilshere. He's got nothing to look at. And he's, he's, yeah, and he's, but he's, he's stood by that, and I think this is another thing. You know, I don't. It's too soon to say whether or not uh, you know yeah. Foden or Abraham are, are the better player, but he's taking the players that are in form, and that's something I think Southgate is going mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I guess is something to keep an eye on if, if those are Foden's ambitions. And I think let's let's be real; those are positions for the taking in the England side. All right. All right, Kate, uh, we're going to wrap it up with a segment we've been doing with all of our fans who've been coming in for the roundtable, and it is the Solar.com-sponsored segment. You put in code PREM19 for that uh, venture of yours that's going to go solar, be it a house, be it a house. Just anyway, a house. just a house. So the segment's called Protect, Protect This House. See that? Yeah, see what I did there? And basically what we're going to want you to do is just have an absolute go at United and Arsenal, but preferably Arsenal, uh, because those are the fans who are going to be joining you on this segment. And things get, you know, fireworks start to fly. So really just let loose and let's hear what you've got to say about those teams. Pretend like um, James and I aren't listening and just a little bit of bonus for you. Colin's going to be the person to go on United. So feel free to go right at Colin as well. Awesome. Well, I think United can just keep doing what they're doing, especially <laughs> especially because um, whenever City's having a little bit of a down day, United just wraps up the weekend for us. <laughs> um, so I would just say I'm, I'm really appreciative of Manchester just showing up consistently. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. And... Uh, Thanks for showing up. And then um, Arsenal, man, um, I would hope that, you know, Lacazette can grow a couple more inches just for my own personal, (laughs) just for my own personal viewing pleasure. Um, (laughs) I think that everyone is... Uh, and I think that, I don't know, between Ole and Unai, maybe if they add a little bit more consonants to their name, it might help them win. I think there's like <laughs> one between the two of them or something like that. This um, is incredible. Other than that, they could uh, stay below the bottom four, and I would love to see Lester stay up in the top four because they're just so much fun. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, I think I have to be Team Vardy if that's the case. If we're going to take it all the way to the wow. Colleen and Rebecca drama. Yeah, we'll introduce you to Andy <laughs> and just have a separate cast on Wagatha Christie. Oh, my God. That well, hashtag that is, changed my life. I'll go ahead and say, Kate, that's not what I was expecting, but it was phenomenal in all its own ways. So thank you so much for jumping on. You know, We'd love to have you back on perhaps after the game of the season in November, yeah. Liverpool City, and Ooh, we'll just yeah. get a gut check on uh, you know, your mental state. I would yeah. totally be down to do that with whoever your Liverpool fit, pale is, too. Yeah, amazing. If That'd you have awesome. one. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll get it set up. We got several, and they're all teetering all, on the edge. They're all just absolute shitheads. <laughs> all right. Oh my God. Thanks for jumping on, Kate. We'll chat I with agree. you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. And that was Kate with City. Head over across town, and we're going to check out what's going on with Old Trafford with our good friend Colin. Okay, we now welcome on our resident Manchester United fan, that man, the redheaded Longstaff, Colin Amsler. How you doing, Colin? Welcome back. Hello. To, to no, the cast. I'm, I'm not English. I'm, I am. <laughs> wow. I, I don't, I'm going to play that one back on a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Please be your text. Um, well, I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Yeah, great to have you back. You know, it's been a while since the Summer Roundtable where we all had some really high expectations but first of all i just want to let you know even though patrick is here uh you're in a safe space and you're among loved ones and people who just really want the best for united <laughs> god yeah. i sure i sure hope so but i can never trust pat especially as an arsenal fan so yep ollie in guys i'm, I'm here to see it through you said you were going to stay quiet this entire cast you, you both called me out <laughs> see told you you can never, you can never trust them yeah, don't, just don't bring in outside contact. For the rest of all you, right. we have a, a going text chain where I take abuse from these two all day long. So I'm I'm ready for this one. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that text chain. Anyway, to keep this on to keep this on track, Colin, I don't know. Uh, well, first of all, the fans clearly want to hear more United speak. That's what we've got you on here to do. And I think the only place we can really start. I covered a little bit of ground on it, but every person deserves their own take. Are you Ollie in? He's the right man for the job. Ollie out. He needs to get out now or somewhere in the middle where he needs up to a certain point to do something that is still unclear to all of us. Yeah, so I I would put myself kind of right in the middle of that. Um, I just think that all of United's problems can't just be summed under like, if the manager needs to be out or if the manager is going to be in. I mean, it's just a whole whirlwind of, of just nonsense going on right now. Um, I do say that he should still be in just because, I mean, I don't even think Alex Ferguson could take this team with all its injuries and all its problems to any sort of success. Um, I just think it's just a huge bad luck of, um, you know, injuries out of form, um, people playing out of position like i just think it's just a whole mess of things that no matter who's in charge right now um mm. they're still gonna fail so i I'm, will I'm remind right that we talk about whether or not ferguson could do a job he beat arsenal in the fa cup with a midfield of rafael fabio fletcher and darren gibson so that's, i just want to that's wanna true that there. but was that more of sir alex ferguson or was that more of arsenal not just being able to play you guys see what i deal uh, with you guys <laughs> see what i deal debate. with Experts debate. See, see, I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyway, Patrick, let's not interrupt Colin. I think he was just on to a very good yeah. point. Yeah, you, 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 quiet over there. <laughs> can't handle this. I can't handle this. Sorry, continue, Colin. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, I, I, I would say, you know, everyone wants him out by Christmas. I mean, is everyone gonna be back by Christmas to kind of have a full squad? I don't know. I mean, it seems like Martial every week. It's another week added on to mm-hmm. how long he's going to be out for. I mean, even today during the Spain game, De Gea went out with a – it looked like a groin injury. So, I mean, there's another knock to a first-team player. So, it's just kind of it's just kind of hard to judge how well he can do because he's just – he's playing with a bunch of young guys and a bunch of other guys that just don't really see the field a whole lot. So, it's just it's just hard for him. So, I think, I think after Christmas would be kind of – 
more fair to judge. Let him have a Christmas with his family. <laughs> yeah, before uh, before he starts collecting unemployment. No, I I mean not to belay the point. I agree. It, we're in a bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, um, where the problems do stem from a higher higher uh, authority. So we are kind of stuck in this boat right now. One question I do want to ask you that uh, Patrick and I kind of had different opinions on um, in our in our last episode specifically about United was the players that you do have to work with on the field, especially when the best ones are injured. You know, take Martial and Pogba out of the equation. Uh, you're looking at a pretty average squad. Um, and are you in the camp of throw the youth out there no matter what, no matter if they're going through sticky spells or the occasion is bigger than them and let them play? Or do you stick with the senior squad members who have really struggled to impress when you think about uh, Mata, Matic, basically any player that starts with an M, um, Fred from down the street, um, do you stick with those players because both seem to come with their own sets of um, complications? Yeah, um, I, it's it's hard just because our squad is so thin right now that it's like there are certain situations where you do have to play the young guys just because there's no one else to play. Um, I do believe in the fact that you should probably, so to speak, bleed these younger players, slowly introduce them into the squad, have them play a couple minutes here, have them play a couple minutes there, maybe start some cup games, Europa games, which which um, Solskjaer is doing right now, which is great. Um, but there are just situations where, you know, Mason Greenwood is starting just because Rashford's hurt or there's no one else that can play on the right or, you know, whatever. Um, I do think that it would be catastrophic if we had, um, you know, one of um, – uh, what's his name? The big, the the defensive midfielder under 18 that's playing pretty well. I think it would be pr- catastrophic if he just gets thrown in and it's like, okay, well we got Liverpool this weekend. Good luck, you know, try and figure it out because who's who's this? Uh, Gar- Gardner, is that his name? Oh, no. James Garner. Yeah, G- James Gardner. Yeah. So I mean, he's a. I, everyone keeps saying that he's a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, I mean. When you talk about coming into the Liverpool game, um, they're even considering holding back Martial and Pogba for the Liverpool game, let alone bringing in um, bringing in the youngsters. But I, had, I I think I fell victim to this myself, too, where Chong came on against Newcastle or, or one of those games where we were behind and needed a spark, and he didn't provide it. And then you're like, oh, Chong sucks. But you're also throwing him into a Premier League game, which is obviously such a different beast than a youth game. And uh, it's just a lot of undue pressure on those guys. Yeah, and they also, you know, practice is practice and scrimmages are scrimmages, but those players also have never played with the first-team players before. So that chemistry also isn't there, and you can't force chemistry um, on those young players to try and figure out Mm -hmm. how these senior players play, you know, Mm -hmm. get all the cues and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit harder to just throw an 18-year-old kid 17 year old kid in there then within the first game expect them to you know start performing right away like it's very very rare that a young kid does that and um, you know everyone wants the next uh, Kylian Mbappé to just come up through the ranks and just set the world on fire but right I mean like that I think ha- uh... that happens like once a decade so it just I think people just are a little impatient especially at the times that we're at right now well, look at Arsenal. I mean, uh, I think Patrick's Team Saka over Team Pepe's things, Dan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not, that so is, that is not true. 
does not see it. Marcus <laughs> is. Marcus is. <laughs> yeah, I usually I usually God, I give from that. So I usually give about two years before I like fully judge an entire player. Um, so So jury's just, still out on Fred. Uh, <laughs> um there are some exceptions to uh, my <laughs> rule that I live by. So uh, Show me the scouting video. It's the video no one wants you to see. It's lost in that deep web. Yeah, um, yeah. I, there are some exceptions, obviously. I mean, if you're not a good player, I mean, it's going to show whether or not you know you play for two years or not. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just think, I just think it's a rock and a hard place right now between uh, young kids and playing first team squads. It's just, it's really tough. It, it Solskjaer has a really tough job right now. Yeah, uh, and looking at things that might alleviate some of the the stress of that job as far as squad depth people are already talking about january and the names are already circling as far as players who you can bring in but obviously january is a cruel time to do business because it 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 smacks of desperation when you need to plug a a hole in a squad i think it's fine if you're filling in one need for a squad but united's looking at retooling its entire team and we have to start in january or else there's going to be a full-on mutiny at old trafford but it's a tough time to do it, like we said. So you're not going to get the James Madisons. You're not going to get the Jaden Sancho's. And I wanted to get your take on some of the names that have been thrown out and when it, and whether or not you think they would bring something good to the table or they're just against philosophy or a distraction. And the name that is circling around again, as it did over the summer, the first name is uh, Mario Mandzukic at Juventus. And I'm wondering what you think about him. Ooh, um, I think, I think honestly, I think that would be a really good um, – trade or swap or however they're however they're th- planning on doing it um just because he's not getting a whole lot of playing time um he's getting older but he's still a workhorse for the team i just think for the january window and this can kind of just kind of overlay any other s- s- position players that you're going to throw at me but i just think if we can get more squad players in january like we don't have to hit home runs with those players we just need depth like you know, plug and play. They can play. You know, if they can give us like a B minus squad play during the games, that's what we need. And I think Mandzukic could fill that role and and especially give like Rashford a rest or maybe push out Rashford on the wing. Um, yeah. And and uh, Mandzukic can play like sixty minutes, and then we can throw in Greenwood, so we don't have to keep throwing in Greenwood and keep you know trying to get him in and trying to get him up to speed as fast as possible. Cause I do think he is special, but I just think we're, we're just throwing him in way too soon. And I think uh, Manzukic can kind of, kind of help with that. Right. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, my, I, I think you guys are making reasonable points. These are the points that I think reasonable football fans make. Uh, my <laughs> question to you is, do you have the pieces in place at the decision making decision makers level at the board to actually put these things into place because I think it's very, very smart. Manjuchis isn't getting first team minutes. The Euros are coming up next summer. He's going to need them. It makes it makes a ton of sense. And I feel like that is exactly the type of business y'all should be going after, which are those people who are either kind of relegated to the bench on Euro squads who are going to be in the Euro and also those people who, um, you know, Arsenal has the example of Danny Ceballos who – left Madrid to get first team minutes to try to make the Spain squad. And so I think mm-hmm. that those are the types of talents you should be going after. I don't trust Woodward to put his pants on the right way. So I don't know <laughs> if this is going to get done. And so that would be my question to you is, 
I think that it's a very optimistic outlook that the both of you have, and I can appreciate that, especially as an Arsenal fan. I want you to put your big boy shoes on and tell me how realistic you think some of these scenarios are and how many types, oh, how many people you can bring in. I, in I don't think I don't think Mario Mandzukic is unlikely to come. I think it's whether or not we pay fifty million million and send De Gea the other way. Fair enough, because <laughs> that True. is well within the realm of possibility. True. True. Um, yeah, I. I mean, uh, the dream, yes, absolutely. Um, what has been happening the last five, six, seven years, I could see it completely fall through, and we might not even sign anyone in January. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all need to prepare ourselves for a possibility of that yeah. 100% happening. I mean, I, I spent most of the summer uh, being a complete Muppet and have had my heart broken four, five, six times. So. Yeah, Colin, I, I vividly remember you sending me articles about a guy who was supposedly tracking DeLitt's flights from the Bahamas, just giving you, yeah. like, boarding information and stuff. Yeah, it was a whole – It was a, He gazooped the summer. entire subreddit. Oh, he gazooped yeah. you all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely I Muppet. Will, uh, he was an Arsenal I, fan. I, I, I In fact, say... it was Patrick. <laughs> oh, Patrick, you dirty dog. I'm yeah, the Muppeteer. He, he gazoomed. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me. I will say bad. it was believable enough that I was legit terrified at a point for what your window might entail. Yeah. Um, yeah another yeah, name yeah. that I haven't heard you guys talk about in a while, and I think might be um, a good time to get him because he's playing in the Europa League, uh, Mr. Bruno Fernandez. I think that that's a type of a player who I, I do think he is a he's an absolute world-class talent, could fit right into that. United midfield and you know be be that piece that I think Mata has grown too old and to be um so I, I was just surprised to hear you guys not mention that name I Manzuch just kind of feels like you're aiming a little low it was just my first name okay but thank you do you for, have others uh, critiquing yeah, you... my list yeah, yeah I got others <laughs> yeah he wasn't okay. on it but I got others okay fair enough call uh, what's what, your that... what's your take on Bruno yeah so that's I would say Bruno is probably one of those home run players that I was talking about earlier. More of a summer um, window guy? Yeah, so as far as signing him in January, I see that completely unrealistic. Um, I hope I'm proven wrong. That's great. But Obama Yang came in January. Yeah, I, I'm like like I said, like anything could happen. Um, but if, if I was like forecasting what's happening, I'm just going to sure. say it's unrealistic. Um, I'm sticking to squad players that you can plug and play. Bruno mm. Fernandez is going to be a starter there as soon as sure. he comes to Old Trafford. Um, so he's going to be, he's going to be the big splashy names. Um, it could happen. It could be that one signing that, you know, takes all the transfer winter news for January. Um, but the problem is, is that he's going to be cup tied for Europa. Um, so I think if you are going to sign players, sign squad players in the January window, you want to make sure they're not cup tied so they can't yeah. play in the Europa. I think that's the rules. I it is. Yeah, Obama Young yes. was cup tied by by Dortmund. But. Yeah. So so I think I think once we start getting deeper, it's going to be halfway through the season. We got the FA Cup if we're still in it. Um, the Europa if we're still in it. Um, so those games Yikes. are going to start getting thick and heavy. So we're just going to need, realistically, we're just going to need squad players that that can you know yeah. that will play. Well, I got one more name on this list, and then I got a couple segments for you uh, to bring us home. But uh, this one's an emotional play, and it is being seriously considered. The man himself is Laton. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is that for real? It's legitimate. Surprisingly, yes, it is. Yep, Um, he's, he's spoken about it. MLS season coming to an end. Wow. We are, you know, 
willing alone? to throw anything at the wall. Yeah, probably. Half season alone? Well, yeah. his uh, his contract with the Galaxies at, uh, is over at the end of the season. And, I mean, mm-hmm. the season's over in a month and a half for the MLS. So, I mean, it could happen. Um, do I want it to happen? I, I don't know. I mean, I Sometimes love... you just want to feel something. Yeah, as do Patrick it, would say. Do it for the memes. Uh, yeah, I'm just grasping <laughs> at straws right now. Meme I mean, Mondays, baby. I mean, I would love him to come back and, like, just do his thing and just be like, hey, look, I can still score 10 goals, 15 goals by the end of the season. His problem is, is that he's just not going to have the service just because the people playing behind him I don't think are quality enough to pick up the extra slack just because he's old enough. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also a pipe dream, but – I would rather have Mandzukic just because he has less mileage under his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want Zlatan to uh, keep breaking uh, LAFC hearts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. he uh, he's gonna. It's going to be a weird adjustment for him if he's not banging in hat tricks at the Bank of California Stadium <laughs> and the crowd behind the goal is just continuously cheering. Yeah, because we are songs. big Minnesota United fans this weekend. Oh, I, I bet you are. <laughs> I bet you are because uh, uh, we want. we do not want that smoke. Yes, because um, if they uh, if they move on, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a home game at the bank. So L.A. Derby, rowdy. All Ooh. right, for our first win, I love it. All right, call. I got a segment for you. It's new, new segment alert. It's called "What Happens First," and you're gonna tell me out of the two scenarios I'm giving you, what happens first. I love it. Do you have any questions? Um, yeah. What happens first? <laughs> Great. Okay. Here's here's the first scenario. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure he's fully got his head around this one, James. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, Fred scores a Premier League goal, or Ollie gets sacked. What happens first? Wow, wow! You weren't gonna give me like a warm-up question for this, unless this well, is well, my that's warm-up the thing. question. Then you could I'm... you could like look at it at one glance and be like, oh, that's a warm-up question, and then you think about it for longer, and you're like, oh shit, this one's I mean, tough. I mean, I even have to think about it for very long. This is this is already a. There's already a university question being thrown at me. Um, let's see here. Fred scoring first. I'm gonna say In the Fred. Premier League. I'm say, oh Premier League. I'm gonna say Fred scoring first. That's gonna happen first. James, can the, I um can I play two? Um, I'm thinking about it. You might be able to jump in on the next one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't ever raise your voice to me again. Yeah, slow your roll, Captain. No, Patrick. Come on. Who do you want? Uh, my answer was that's a trick question. Neither of those things will happen. Oh. You know, I there were better opportunities for you to do that later down the line, and I'm glad you did it on the first one. Because <laughs> you can't use it again. I couldn't, I couldn't save myself. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, God. I was prepping these questions, and I'm like, at which point is Patrick going to say, trick question, neither of these are going to happen. And you yeah. did it on the first one. All right, Congratulations. next one. You played yourself. You played yourself. <laughs> what happens first? Ed Woodward steps down slash gets sacked. Or... Arsenal win the title. Gosh, <laughs> you're killing me over here. Um, so is Woodward getting sacked in the next four years? In the next four years? Um, I'm going to say that because there's a possibility that the Glazers could get bought out. So mm. in the next four years. So what's another? Yeah, what's another option? Defenestrated. He gets thrown out of a window. I don't even know what that word means, but yes, I agree. It means he gets thrown out of a window. Oh, oh, oh yes. Um, no, but like in older times, that, it, that will never happen under the Glazers. Wasn't so. there like a coalition of like millionaire United fans that tried to buy it for like two billion, and the Glazers were said, said it was worth four billion? 
So um, they're halfway there. They just need a more a, a stronger coalition. Yeah, True. Was this, was this recently or was this like a couple years ago? I heard about it recently. I don't know when it happened. Okay. Because I, I mean, there was there was words being thrown around over the summer saying that um, like a Saudi family or some mm. sort of uh, like Middle Eastern family was thinking about buying it. So, mm. yeah, that's. Well, that's, it worked for City. Yeah. So, At this point, the oil owners don't look so bad. Here's the next one. Martial finishes a season with over 20 goals or Rashford finishes a season with over 20 goals? Uh, I'm going to say Martial finishes over 20 goals. When is that going to happen? I don't know. It's going to happen when he goes back to League One. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this Prem de la Prem I could have this... written out all of these responses. I just League, knew it. League I just League. knew it. Oh, man. All right, let's do the last one. Harry Maguire becomes captain of... Oh, excuse me. Harry... <laughs> All right. Harry Maguire becomes captain of England or Rob Holding becomes captain of England? Harry Maguire. Uh, Pat. Yeah, that's probably true. They'll learn their mistake, and then they'll give it to Robinho. <laughs> and, uh, Robinho. Yeah, Robinho, uh, Robaldinho, they all work, and he'll, um, he'll lead England to glory. Holding in the slab, the detective duo at the back. That's not a bad. That's not a bad sitcom right there. Yeah. All right. Well, that was what happens first, where you tell me what happens first. Now we move on to the Solar.com wrap-up segment of the day. Colin, you know you got to enter code Prem19 when you're kidding out your house with solar gear. <laughs> yes. I don't know. How do I, how do I answer this? It's. The solar.com segment, because this segment is called Protect Your House. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And what you're going to do right now is defend United's honor, because we had a couple rowdy guests on earlier, Kate from City. Correct. And we had uh, Marcus from Arsenal, and they had some choice words for us and our team, and I need you to come out at them, claws out, and just give them everything you got. We're asking each of you to rap, like act out blindly. I love yeah. it. I, uh, I I pretty much do this at work against Kate. Anyways, it's an exercise so. in blind lashing out. Oh, I didn't know you and Kate worked together. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we, we hate each other so much. Oh. I'm just kidding. I love you, Kate. <laughs> For now. It's not wait till you hear what she said about you. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, she just kept poking me. She was just like, quick. have you listened to the pod yet? Have you listened to the pod yet? I'm like, I'm All right. afraid to. The clock starts now. Oh, you just want me to just, just go for it. Yeah. 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 Pretty City much. and Arsenal, have a go. Okay, uh, City will never win the Champions League with Pep Guardiola, whether you lose sleep over it or not. Um, he's got another year and a half left under his belt before he burns out and he'll go somewhere else, and then City will fall back to mediocrity like we know and love them to. Arsenal, I mean, not a whole lot to say about Arsenal. They're just going to stay at mediocrity. Yeah, so when is there ever? They'll just be there. You know, that, uh, that janky defense will show bright spots for the next mm, two or three weeks, so then... Uh, They'll start tripping over their own shoes, and uh, they'll be the arsenal that we all know and love. So, Manchester United, we're we're figuring it out. We got this. Yeah, it's all part of the plan. All part of the plan. It's uh, it's the Shulshire master plan. He's lulling everyone to sleep, and then he's going to break the record of coming back through the Premier League mm-hmm. from two points down from re- or two points above regulation. He's coming all the way. For Mm-hmm. Masterclass incoming. Just you wait. Fred well, is going to score his goal. Patrick, any uh, closing questions or arguments? 
No, I'm just um, looking up how to uh, delete what somebody said on an audio file. <laughs> you are the producer for this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm surprised you just like completely unedited everything. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, we leave a lot in. Uh, the cutting floor is completely empty. That's good. It keeps it, it, keeps it personable. Keeps it I real. like to think so. All right. Okay. Well, Colin, thank you so much for jumping on, man. It's always a pleasure, and we'll make sure to get you back on when United wins the title. So um, hopefully your kids are doing fine. <laughs> hey, thanks, James. Uh, I will uh, I will be looking forward to that next text message of saying, you need help, and I'll be there. I'll All be right. I'll defend you against Pat. Take care, buddy. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, see you guys. Bye. Now that those two nonsense teams are out of the way, we're going to pop on down to London where the proper people live. Marcus, let's talk about Arsenal. <laughs> All right. We now welcome on – let me check my notes here. Uh, Marcus Campbell, uh, Arsenal fan and resident Prem de la Prem guest. How are you doing, Marcus? I'm good. Yeah, thanks very much for having me back on. I was uh, a little bit surprised to be asked back after the last time. Oh, really? Why, why surprise? Well, uh, there was promises to the fans that Patrick and I would be disagreeing on a few contentious points when we just really uh, stroked each other's egos for a full hour. Yeah, we're very amenable here at Prem de la Prem, and we will bend like a piece of plastic <laughs> if you get us if you get us to uh, you know pick a side on an argument. So I've given you know I've, Patrick's right here next to me. I've given him a few talking points, a few reminders to be a little bit more charged up, and we'll see how he carries him out today. Robin Van Persie was never good at Arsenal. Was that what I was supposed to say? Wow, yeah, hot take straight well, away. I, I love that. <laughs> love that. Uh, no. Yeah, he um, had one good season. No. Um, no, yeah, thanks for having me back on, Marshall. Or, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm really, really struggling right now. I actually wish I had <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming back on, Marcus. That was the biggest train wreck of a sentence I've ever heard. Thanks for coming back on, Marcus. It was, uh, it was a fun talk last time, and I'm hoping for another one this one. I uh, want to dive right into it. Um, you've probably heard, but I think that the biggest talking point this year for Arsenal is the man in the technical area, Unai Emery. I mean, I'll, I'll leave this relatively open-ended, but yeah. Arsenal are third in the table. Um, they're playing absolutely phenomenally midweek with, with, the, with the kids. But somehow, something still feels wrong with Unai Emery in charge. For me, and I think to others as well. Um, and so what do you think about the man? Is he the man for Arsenal? And if not, when are, when are we expecting some changes? And what does he need to do to, to, to not kind of have those changes come to play? I know Emery has been at the club for a while now, but genuinely, I'm still not sure if it's been long enough for, to fully come out with like a, is it him or is, is he not the guy kind of decision for me? Mm. Uh, he's still building that squad he wants. There's a combination of youth players still getting through, players coming back from injury, but I feel like once he gets that first 11, he can really start to approach games the way he wants to. Um, I think a perfect example of him not being able to come out all guns blazing was the United game the other night. We didn't really set up to get anything, which you guys covered brilliantly on the podcast before. Uh, whereas I think with a fully strong first 11, he could have come out all guns are blazing in that game and gone for a result. Uh, so I know it's a boring answer, but I think Emery still needs a little bit more time, at least till the end of the season, then we can have a verdict. But a coach's mentality isn't really going to change from season to season. Like, I think he's traditionally a conservative manager and it's like when you get new players in I don't know if that approach is going to change or am I wrong there no I, I disagree I think uh, Klopp's a perfect example uh, with his attacking style of football and everything if you look at that 11 he had when he came in 
I think he was just setting up to get through games, to be honest. Some of the players he was having to field, like Moreno was a fixture in that team. It was pretty dire. Fabio Barini. Oh, yeah. Who could forget? Uh, Skirtle and Agar, I yep. think, were, yeah, the center backs. Yep. God. Uh, Coutinho was the best player by a mile, which says something. Um, so, yeah, I think at the start he was just trying to get through games, whereas um, once he has his fully fit 11, he can kind of set up, um, set up and attack matches. I think that's fair, and I'm not advocating for for Emery to kind of get the axe right now. But I'm not not advocating for it. It just, it's, <laughs> I mean, do, are, are you, how do you feel when, a, 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 you know, when we're approaching a, a Premier League game as an Arsenal fan? Because is, is, there, there seems to be a drastic difference midweek and not mid, midweek. In midweek, like you said, that those, those are the games he seems to be getting after it. And it, part of me is wondering is, like, he has some of those tools midweek, and I'm not saying that, you know, we need a front three of Saka, Martinelli, and Emil Smith-Rowe is going to go and do work against Burnmouth. You know, I'm not, I, I know it's a different type of intensity, a different type of game, but it seems like he does have some of those tools and doesn't always feel the need to use them. And even, let's talk, let's leave the kids out of it, uh, a Lucas Torreira, you know, not finding his way into the team sheet. Socrates and Louise, though, they've kept a couple clean sheets, seem to be fixtures like strongly in that midfield. Obviously, Granit Xhaka can't can't find the bench for the life of him. There seem to be opportunities that he's not taking. Are you still willing to give him that full, not a full pass, but you seem to not be putting any of your ire towards Emery? No, because I think he's played a massive hand in us building such a, a, a strong squad, like between the bench players and the fully fit first 11. He's played a huge role in us actually becoming a significantly better team than we were when Wenger left. So That's I'm going to give him give him credit for that, and he can ride that out until he's got the exact 11 he wants, uh, and then he'll start to have to get bigger results uh, at the weekend. You a significantly weekend. better team than when Wenger left? I think our squad is better than when Wenger, Wenger left. Yeah, there's a few pieces in there now, which for me are key. Mm. Who, who are those pieces? I have, I have mine, but I'll... Uh, well, as you mentioned, Torreira blows my mind. He's not getting in the team. The only time we've seen him get well, what felt I don't even know if it was a full ninety, but he played against Spurs, like a number ten role. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I think he should he should be he should be just in Shaka's place. I don't know why Shaka gets in the team every week. Um, yeah. Well, you stumbled onto a great right. and uh, well documented talking point. Were, were there were there other point other players other than Torreira that that have made the team significantly better? Since Wenger left, well, I players coming through the so. youth academy, we, who we've kind of touched of on, Saka, Martinelli, uh, Genduzzi, like, he, well, Genduzzi didn't come through the youth academy, but again, he's a younger player that's kind of stepped up and shown how good he is and given us so much depth in the midfield. Uh, Joe Willick as well, another example of a player that's come through. So it's been a combination of our signings and youth players being brought into the uh, into the. Do you genuinely believe all those players have world class potential? Uh, not a single one of those names would from an outside Arsenal perspective. Not a single one of those names scares me. James, how many of those players would get into the United Eleven right now? I think a lot of them are looking really good. Do you think Genduzzi? Genduzzi wouldn't get over uh, McTominay? Uh, I don't think he would. Yeah, I think you're dead wrong. Yeah, I, I think, think you're you dead would. wrong. I think he's just going doesn't himself. get a shout for the Scottish team. Genduzzi's going into the French team. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think you guys are latching on to easy stuff like his hair and his, you know ridiculous antics when he gets subbed off um i, I don't think it brings a whole lot to the table all right oh, what I about think, yeah. joe willick or saka yeah consider, like I consider said, a lot of injuries consider a lot of injuries right now <laughs> yeah. we got a lot of in injuries and we're also bloody in our own youth so 
Right. Well, nothing's coming up through your youth system, so maybe maybe take a shout. Martinelli was on trial four times at United. Didn't, didn't yeah, you already mentioned that. There. Oh, yeah, I'll, that. I'll continue to mention it because he's, he's <laughs> well on his way. We'll see how he pans out. Well, no, I, I don't think that the – I don't think the argument is Arsenal has six world-class potential youth players. I think the argument is they have six very promising or seven very promising youth players. One or two is going to pan out into a very, exactly, very strong yep. first-team player. Mm. And if you can do, if you can get one or two very strong people from your academy to be first-team, you know, strongholds, once every you, you five years, you save fifty million. You save fifty yeah. million pounds, or you've made fifty million if they have to go, exactly, which has yep. been a, a been a, a practice of the Arsenal academy. Previously, um, the one, right, that's the, a very small club mentality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, that's it's been the case. <laughs> We're gonna uh, make some money on these guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's if if they want to go, then I'd say let them go. Uh, the, the name that you didn't mention was um, Kieran Tierney, who is someone who I'm, I think has been very impressive midweek. I am excited for him to take over the role of our starting left back. Um, and you drew some comparisons to the Klopp side. I think that there are a lot of comparisons into like the way Arsenal set out and the talent that they have, and that Liverpool side, which is very dynamic and attacking front three. Um, at, at a time in that Liverpool side, an absolutely horrendous back line. Uh, I think Leno is saving us more than we could possibly imagine. And a midfield that still doesn't make a ton of sense at Liverpool. What are the steps do you think that Arsenal needs to make, all, it, whether it's youth signings, and you know the time is you know ho- however long it takes is however long it takes. But what are those steps? How long do you expect it to to take for Arsenal to put themselves in that conversation of a City or a Liverpool? Not seven games in, but maybe thirty games in. Yeah, I don't think it'll be this season that we're competing. Uh, I know City have had a few slip ups recently, but just watching That's them. That's a hot take, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> um, City are still leagues ahead of us, um, but I do think this year it's looking like we will get top four, uh, as I said on my uh, earlier podcast, because the other teams in the league are so bad. Looking at you, United, Spurs, terrible. Uh, so this is kind of the halfway point, and then hopefully next season is a yeah, year where like, we're in that same up, conversation. Right? Yeah, which we've said in the past, but... <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully it's next season that it's actually going to be us three teams in the conversation, because I do mm-hmm. think... Uh, outside of those top two, we're the best team to have a realistic chance uh, of putting any pressure on. So, to kind of bring it full circle, and then I'll let us kind of transition to another point. You're talking about going for a title tilt maybe as early as next season, and we're assuming Emery's still at the helm there. Is that the season where you fully judge him? Yeah, because that's... I, yeah. Think, I think you could still make the top four and not be that impressed because other teams yeah. are absolute shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, does Emery get a let off? If you, you know, what needs to happen this season or are you waiting until next season to fully judge? For me, it's not even about, obviously, we, I'd expect us to get the top four this season, but that's not really what I judge him on. I want to give him enough time to have the exact team that he wants. That's what Klopp was given at Liverpool. He completely replaced the first 11, oh, well, virtually replaced the, fir- the first 11, mm. uh, rebuilt this new team with the individuals that could kind of do the jobs he wanted them to. And I think Shout that's what Emery's still in the process of doing. Right. All right, Joel Matip, future unbelievable center back. <laughs> hey, he's, he's playing better than Van Dyke. You, yeah. you heard it here first. Or second or third. It's a, he's Premier League Player of the Month in September. Yeah, well, I predicted <laughs> it. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would um, I'd agree with that. I think that the only, the only, um, the only way 
Emery loses his job as if he misses the Champions League this year. Mm. And I think if he does that, I do think he should lose his job. Um, and I think it is more due to the competition. I think that he has the tools at his disposal that Spurs don't have and when it comes to depth that United don't have when it comes to depth. First 11 versus first 11, I don't think there's a huge gap in with us in those teams, but it's a 38-game season and you're going to lose players. Clearly, those teams don't have the people to slot in. Uh, in Arsenal, maybe they, they don't have like quite the quality to be first-team players, but they have a depth. lot of people that are knocking at the door. That's fair. Um, and so I think another like somewhat transition that we talk about a lot is team selection. You touched on it with Torreira. I'm just curious, who who's your... Fully fit squad, what is your starting 11 for Arsenal? Ooh, uh, we did discuss this at the start of the season. I wonder how much I've strayed from it. I can't remember exactly what I said. But uh, Leno's in Nets. He's, yeah, he's been as good as he was last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Kept up some really strong performances. Um, Bellerin at right back. Uh, hopefully he's fully fit soon. Uh, he hasn't really got any minutes in the Prem yet, but looking forward to that. Center backs, I think it's... David Luiz and Rob Holding for me, uh, just because I talked off Rob Holding so much uh, before the yep. season started. Yeah, you guys can't it. back down from that. No, no way. Have to double down. Rob, Rob no, yeah. England captain no matter, of the year. No matter what happens, yeah. you just got to stand by your man. One, one, oh, yeah. one day he's going to hoist the, the World Cup trophy for England. We're wearing the armband. He's the captain. Yeah, it's in that scenario. Not even a hot take coming from you. <laughs> no, you no. said some absurd things. Borderline hate speech. <laughs> yeah. Um, at left, left back, back for me, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got to be Tierney. Uh, he's looked so good the few games he's played midweek, popping up with assists, clean sheets. Uh, but that being said, I don't think Kolasinac has been our biggest problem. I think Arsenal supporters are so quick to criticize him. Um, yeah. But I think he's pretty solid, yeah. Pa- actually, Patrick, what do you think of Kolasinac? I think that he's actually been much better defensively this year than he was in either of the previously previous two years. I don't know if that's just because... There's somebody knocking on the door, and he's a little bit more switched on. And if that's the case, fantastic. You've you've gotten uh, more out of Kolasinac because he was in the Bundesliga team of the season when we got him, and I don't know that we've seen that player in our in, in London. Um, but I still think that he doesn't offer as much in the final third that Tierney does uh, from what we've seen in limited midweek action against you know the Europa League side and. Uh, in the, in the FA Cup, or the Carabao Cup, I believe. Um, you know, Tierney was very impressive, but again, it's not the Premier League. So I just want, I mean, of course, Tierney's going to get a run out, but I think Klasenach has been very, he's been serviceable, not so much to the point where he needs to be in the team sheet. Okay, yeah. Fair enough, right? Moving on to my midfield. I don't know how Granit Shack is getting in our team. Like you said, <laughs> he somehow can't seem to find the bench. Just drop that man. He makes so many mistakes. I don't see what he contributes. I used to think he was a good passer of the ball, but Kenduzi's right, as good right. pushing the ball forward. So the I don't Fred, know why he's definitely the Fred in. of Arsenal, and you happen to have just made him captain. So you kind of yeah. double that. <laughs> well, yeah, the difference is there's no name that I'm more confident will be in the team sheet than Granit It's Jacques. bizarre, right. yeah. Yeah. I've heard the theory that I've heard is that the rest of our midfielders lack any size, but then I think, what's the point of Shaka's size when he doesn't win any headers and he picks up a yellow card the first 20 minutes of every game? I heard so, he's got yeah. a hold of some lewd pictures of Emery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my theory. Yeah. There's yeah, all reasonable takes. <laughs> all are reasonable. <laughs> Nothing's out of the realm. All right, continue. Uh, so, yeah, Shaka's not getting in the first 11 for me. It's Torreira and Genduzzi is the sitting two. Uh, I think let Torreira sit back and clean everything up and give Genduzzi a little bit of scope to push forward, kind of make things happen, just cover as much ground as possible. Uh, I think he's a real general in the midfield. 
Um, and then this is the area I think we're struggling. Um, before, I'd known that Urzo was going to become a complete ghost this season. I said he would be our number 10. But just whatever his relationship is with Emery or with the club, I can't see him getting back in the team. Uh, he's just burnt all bridges. Seems like things have gone terribly for him. Uh, Has so there actually... been any public documentation of what rift there actually is? Like, has there been anything explosive that has happened, or are they just two I've, people who well, belong in each other's teams? It depends how much you trust Twitter accounts like Gooner Lover Nine and stuff like that. Because I've seen some things <laughs> I, like I would been... follow Gooner Lover Nine to the ends of the earth. <laughs> oh, good! You see my Twitter then? Cool. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, because I've just I've seen rumors about him. Like uh, he was caught smoking at training. Um, apparently, he was asked to train with the under twenty threes and refused to train with them. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Basically, I don't think we're seeing him near the squad anytime soon. If he's not getting a game midweek, then he's clearly not even in the discussion for the for the fixtures of the weekend. Right. Yeah. You must think it's still the 70s. <laughs> ripping down cigarettes in practice. Yeah. Missing Jack Wilshire, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a touching tribute, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in front of those two, I'd probably play Joe Willick. Uh, I think when he has been able to get on the pitch, he's made a massive impact, especially in some of those midweek games you said. Well, uh, who's who's we beat three 0 the other night uh, when Saka scored two? Um, Willett got the other. Uh, that was like a month or so ago. I think we did yeah. that to Frankfurt. That was it. Yeah. Anyway, I think really impressive yeah. performance. I think he'd probably yeah. be my number ten. Um, and then yeah, front three. Uh, out on the left, Aubameyang, Lacazette, fully fit. Right down the middle, need to slot him straight back in. And then, ugh, this. It kills me to say it, but at the moment I put Saka in that final position on the wing. Uh, Pepe uh, has been uh, underwhelming to say the uh, uh, to say the least. Uh, Patrick, right now, flop or not? Let's hear it. Not absolutely not. Uh, okay. I think you could you can um, you could see the class. You could see what he's able to do. I think that um, what is going to unlock him is a consistent and proper number ten more time in the Premier League, you know, it, I mean, I'm not I'm not making a all-time Arsenal legend shout for him, but Andre and Burkamp both took I, th- I believe at least 10 games to get their first Arsenal goal and you know, I th- there it's well documented it takes uh, attackers especially some time to adjust to the Premier League, especially I would say coming from the French League. Um, you know, Lacazette had his fair share of troubles to begin with uh, at Arsenal, uh, even though his debut, I think he scored 2 minutes in against well, Leicester. But um yeah, I, as much as I love Saka, it's, it's, so, it's Pepe in there for me. Well, here's what I'm hearing. Uh, you've put Saka and Willick on the wings. You're talking about dropping Pepe. This also means you're dropping either Lacazette or Aubameyang out of your team. No, no, sorry. No, no. I, I put what, Willick at like a number 10, number 10 sort of right. behind Laka, and then out oh, wide. I see. Yeah, no, yeah. I see. Oh, Obam- so push unorthodox. Aubameyang out left. I think yeah. Aubameyang's so good he can play anywhere in the front three. Right. Sure. Yeah, and I think it. Yeah, he'll he'll find his way into the box. He'll find his. Yeah. Way yeah. He'll make things happen. Seeing. Yeah. I I do. I would ask the question: Is Aubameyang playing well enough at you know I guess the number nine role to justify Lacazette not getting a a, 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 a like a shoe in to that position to that position not the team but that position when he comes back or is he forcing us into a two striker system? Is I he's just he's he's been phenomenal. He's a Premier League Player of the Month and now. In September there. Yeah, I think it was a bizarre one. Aubameyang got Premier League Player of the Month, but I think Gendouzi actually won the Arsenal Premier League Player of the Month, which someone will have true. to explain that one to me. I don't understand <laughs> that fully. Well, it's a whole, you know, I could go into this in my goal of the week, goal of the month kind of, kind of oh, sentence, yeah. but 
It's it's a comparable situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, please continue. Uh, I think there's no way you can drop Lacazette, uh, regardless of how good Aubameyang's been. I actually think Lacazette makes him better. Uh, one strong attribute Lacazette has to his game that Aubameyang doesn't have is uh, being such a good passer on the ball, a bit more of a creator, which will unlock uh, Aubameyang and could even be the key to unlocking uh, Pepe solving his struggles. So for me, Laka always gets in the team. Um, and yeah. no, I think other than you wouldn't play a two up front, you'd play Aubameyang out wide. And like I said, right. he's good enough that the couple yeah. moments he'll get into the box, something's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the clear point there is it's a pretty strong team when you lay it out that way. And I think most people, you know, you, you and Patrick, obviously, but maybe Arsenal fans at large would unanimously pick that team and it feels like a no-brainer and I think the question going forward is will Emery see eye to eye with what the majority of Arsenal fans want to put out on the pitch well I think there's a few there's a few places where there's competition I think it's a good thing I think the center back positions are going to have competition I think that left back position is going to have competition the midfield three is going to be a clusterfuck uh you didn't (laughs) mention Danny Ceballos who I think has been yeah great point not as good as not as good as he was in the Burnley game so I think he was riding that performance for a bit Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I mean, I think you only got him for a year on loan. His goal is to make the Euro with Spain. <clears throat> Apparently, Zidane uh, is not the biggest fan of him, so you could probably get him, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you need to really use this year mm-hmm. to see just how valuable he could be. I don't. I mean, he's, he's basically on an extended trial, and for Emery to kind of put him in the bench as much as he has is a, a bit frustrating. Right. He does seem to play every game as a substitute if he's not in the bench, so he's, he's right there. Uh, but I, do, I think Joe Willock is the number 10 of the future. Uh, I don't know that he's the number 10 for right now, but I do love seeing him play because he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an academy kid and he's, you know, it's not, he's not that much worse than anybody that we're putting out there, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, no, that front three is explosive. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. for what's to I come. I think with, with Caballos, so yeah, that would be my strongest 11, but I do think if a game like Burnley at home, or like a match that we're expecting to get goals, maybe score a few, that could be where Caballos could shine. Let him go out there and try and lock teams that are going to sit back a bit more. Basically what we'd hoped Urzel would be for ages. Um, right. But yeah, up against tougher teams, yeah, maybe put Joe Willick in there, a little bit more size, more physical presence. Yeah. Yeah, sure that's enough. nice. And uh, it would be nice if we um, there was an extra spot where we could just put Granite Xhaka, you know, like a bench or something, where he was in that front <laughs> eleven. If they made a 12th player role just for him, we yeah. could like, He could still wear the armband. He could do it all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just it's, from the, from the it's bench. It's like you've got a, a, a team band and you give uh, you give uh, Jaka like the fake Fisher Price instrument and you're like, here you go, bud. <laughs> the controller <laughs> that's not plugged in to the old Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you're part of this too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're coming up, you know, close to 30 minutes and we do try to keep things pretty structured here on Prendel Fram. So it's optional. We're known to go over. I got. I, I'm fighting a losing battle against you two here. So I got one more segment for you, Marcus. We'll hear it. It's the Solar.com segment. Make sure you put in code Prem19 when you go buy your solar. <laughs> you kit out your apartment in solar. Uh, so the question, the segment is, protect this house. And I think you are aware from the last roundtable that we did, uh, we will have two other fans of two other teams on this pod alongside you. Those being the two teams from Manchester, City and United. And I can tell you they've said some explosive things about Arsenal. And what I'm going to need you to do is just go off, Queen. Just go off on City, preferably. Shoot shoot your shot. And then United. And I need you to protect your honor and lash out at them. 
indignantly. So riff into how bad City are to start, and then go on to United. Well, you know, I mean, you can just do City if you want. You know, like you could, you, you, you it's a choose your own. Adventure. Oh, just do the one that's far harder. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's how some people do it. I'm not saying that's how you should. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think uh, Pep kind of showed there are chinks in the armor and that he's not perfect uh, getting into the centre-back situation. I mean, the fact that they could desperately use Vincent Company now shows that maybe he wasn't thinking that far ahead. Uh, right. Otamendi has shown he's so far past it, and maybe that Laporte could be as good as Virgil van Dijk because of how stable he made that back for. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've completely shot themselves in the foot. Uh, also, his man management might not be the best thing in the world when every week he's coming out saying... Phil Foden's the greatest player I've ever managed. I'd sell any player except for Phil Foden, but he's yeah, not getting any of the team. About? So Phil That's Foden, he goes. of questions for Kate. Yeah, he must think he could walk into the Madrid team, but here he is having to sit on the bench. So uh, I don't know. That could be an upcoming issue that the City team sees. Um, yeah, that was a strange one. Not to mention Pep's not going to be around when Phil actually gets into the team. So I don't know what yeah. his long game is. Maybe just trying to drive up the price for January. I think we all know Pep's got, yeah, exactly. He's got one more season max. So, anyway, yeah. continue. Um, and, yeah, they, they can. we've seen they can turn over bad teams. Like, what they did to Watford was nearly criminal, especially considering we just drawn two each with them. Uh, but, yeah, as soon yeah. as they come up against a team with a little bit of something about them, I mean, Wolves of all teams who struggled this season, uh, yeah, they've just they've just shown that Liverpool are are likely to run away with it this year, even though it's only right. early, early days. Right. Is that enough, or do you want me to go at United? <laughs> no, please, yeah, please don't. do. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean... Keep it to I a think... minute, please. All right, wow. Uh, yeah, again, United's two best players are injured right now, and it's kind of showing how terrible they are. Pogba and Martial being out of the team, they just cannot create goals. Mm. Uh, they brought in... Sergio Romero can't get a look in either. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Um, uh, bringing in Daniel James, he was supposed to be like a dangerous player in the last 15 minutes, you know, bring out a bit of pace when players are knackered, and he's been your most important player. Uh, the only one looking like he could possibly score a goal. Uh, Maguire, while he individually he's played all right, I think he was brought in to sort out that back four the way Van Dyke did. And, I mean, the assets he has to work with, with uh, Luke Shaw being injured, having Ashley Young next to you, I mean, it's a pretty sorry state of affairs. Would strike fear in anyone <laughs> on your own team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's always good to see United in, in a tailspin. Yeah, can't say any of those points are far off. <laughs> so uh, you you win this day. Um, so, Marcus, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be sure to call you back when Arsenal drops down to their preferred place of fourth. Doing Trust like me, I'm, I'm anxious up here in third. I can't wait to step back down. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sure it gets to everyone. It's unsettling. <laughs> to say the least cool yeah thanks very much guys all yeah, right thanks, thanks marcus. marcus and that was marcus with everything you thought you wanted to hear about the gunners but maybe you didn't want to hear it it's time for the degenerate district you thought you forgot james but i remembered oh good yeah well the boy's hot <laughs> and the boy's gonna stay hot i was on fire before the international break just like my gunners, ya gunners, ya, and I'm coming back. My lock is on the gunners, but not what you think. I'm smashing the under. The under right now is set to three goals. Arsenal going to Sheffield United. Sheffield United, if you remember, I picked them against Liverpool. 
in a draw, decent shout, but they have only given up seven goals in eight games. We have seen Arsenal struggle away from home. We have seen Arsenal struggle to get a lot of goals away from home. I think that under three is a great shout. It's minus 140, an alternative line of uh, two and a half. We'll get you a little bit better odds, but then, of course, you'll bust instead of push on the three. So that is my mm. lock at the three. Um, James? So just to be clear, that's under three good evenings in the in the post-match. Yes. Well, he only sticks to one uh, normally, um, but if it's – um, if it's over three, I can't imagine it. It's going to be a good evening for Arsenal fans because that will mean Sheffield's probably notched one. Or Nicely two. done. Um, on to my crock. James, I can't make it a lock, but I'm willing to make it my crock. United at home, outright winners, plus 370. This is a game against Liverpool. Liverpool has struggled disrespect. historically at Old Trafford. Ali said there is no game he would rather play or their team was more ready for than this game. I don't know that I believe it, but it's good enough for a crock. Plus 370, smash United at home. God, why does it feel like a dig? And why does it feel like a dig the bookmakers are making home against Liverpool plus 370? I don't know what's happening. If it, if it makes you feel worse, uh, a draw <laughs> is plus 310. So... It's they're they're basically saying like, hey, you're either going to be in the game or you're not, because the Liverpool's yeah. an odds-on favorite at minus one forty. You're even getting, um, yeah, a draw. Let's just move on, shall we? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right, Pat. You know what? Why don't you take this one home? All right. Yeah, James. Pretty pretty low T going into Liverpool week, but as always, we are Prem de la Prem, sponsored by Solar.com. Use code Prem nineteen to get $250 off your solar system before the end of the year. I don't think they were banking on, like, five plugs in one episode. Yeah, well, we're working with what we got. We don't know what we're doing. They don't give us copy. We say whatever the hell we want. But anyways, appreciate you guys listening to us. If you've made it this far, you are a true, true fan and true friend of the cast, and we love you. We will see you next week. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life. <laughs>